Welcome to Pop and Packs, a segment where I open an old pack of basketball cards with a person from the NBA industry. Today's guest is Nate Jones. Nate grew up in Los Angeles in the 80s and 90s and was a huge Lakers fan, but now as a professional, he spends his time representing players such as Damian Lillard and Jalen Brown. Sit back and enjoy as we open a pack of 95-96 Fleers. Here it comes, connecting, connecting, connecting. There he is, Nate Jones. What up? How are you, man? What's going on? How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I like the shades. Yeah, thank you, thank you, man. I'm trying to, you know, trying to be stylish out here in Atlanta. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Nate, it's, um, uh, it's I'm, I'm glad you joined me, especially for this one, because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you you grew up in Los Angeles and you were a Lakers fan as a kid. Is that right? Yeah, diehard Lakers fan, Shik Hearn and Magic Johnson are what got me into uh, the sport and the love of the sport. And between his calls and Magic's electricity playing, that's what got me hyped on it. And being a basketball junkie, watching the game, playing the game, and now working in the business of the sport, it all was derived from that that seed. So are you still, I mean, you know, a diehard Lakers fan, would you call yourself? Or? I Honestly, I had to give that up. I'll give you a, a short story. 2000, um, I want to say this is 2008, 2009 season. When I first started this job, I uh, our largest client was Dwight Howard back when he was a big-time superstar. Yep. Gets to the finals versus the Lakers. I mean, at that point, where's my fandom going? Yeah. So yeah. that was that was the first conflict. And then, and then the next year, we they played uh, the Thunder in the first round, and we, uh, we represented – Kevin Durant, so I'm obviously pulling for the Thunder in that moment. And then they got to the finals, and they played the Celtics, and we represented Nate Robinson, who had a couple of good, big games in that series. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. like, my all of my allegiance, that two years just had to kind of woke me up to the idea that it's going to be impossible to care what happened with the Lakers with my business conflicts, you know? That that must be tough because I, I know Jalen Brown is uh, is uh, one of your guys right now as well. Yeah, yeah. And the Celtics, you know, I mean, they got beaten by the Heat, but if it was the Celtics and the Lakers in the final, I mean, oh, uh, I'm set, I'm pulling for the Celtics in that instance. Right. I'm pulling for I'm pulling for for your Dan, guys. for uh, Jalen, no doubt about it. I mean, J Dame played the Lakers in the first round. You know, like, right. Lakers Lakers fans don't a lot of a lot of them on Twitter don't realize my background and that. I was probably a bigger fan than most of them and know right. more about the team and the history and all of that than most of them. But it is what it is. You, got, you have to you have to have your allegiances when you become an adult, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah, things change. Now, now, I've got to ask you a question. Putting aside all of your work um, connections and biases here, right? Mm -hmm. I had James Worthy on this uh, a few weeks ago, and I asked him this question. If it was the Clippers versus the Celtics in the finals, being an L.A. Lakers fan growing up, Clippers and the Celtics, who would you yep. cheer for if that was the finals? Clippers versus Celtics? You know, honestly, I would just want to see a good series. I don't have any allegiance. Anyone that grew up in L.A., for the, there are L.A. Clippers fans that have been, you know, tied into the Lakers, excuse me, tied into the Lakers their whole lives. Um, I really can't understand why right. <laughs> that way, given the way the organization was prior to Steve Ballmer acquiring the team. But L.A. natives – the Lakers are the thread that holds the city together. Right. I mean, right. And, and, you know, obviously the, the tragedy of Kobe passing and everything like that, but that hit us all hard because he's, he's that connector. The Lakers right. are that connector and the Clippers have never been that they, right. they just, they just haven't. And I think that they fall into a business because they're in Los Angeles as a metropolis and they have access to, you know, it's not hard to, to get 20 or 20 to 16,000 yeah. people to fall into an arena yeah um you know when you're when you're in a metropolis awesome right well so uh so what happens is i've got a pack of, of cards from the 95 96 fleer season okay that, that should be right up your alleyway oh man because yeah. uh because i know you i know you know 90s basketball inside and out so uh yeah yeah, yeah. i i i'm hoping hopefully i'm hopefully my mind is revved up man we'll see <laughs> well we'll see we'll see how you go here i yeah. think you'll do pretty well i've got a feeling yeah. you do pretty well okay yeah. this first guy we've got 11 cards by the way this first guy so 95 96 i guess he was probably um he was probably a rookie or, or certainly in his only in his second season and i remember him he's playing for he's playing for the sacramento kings here but i remember him more on the portland trailblazers and the uh, Miami Heat. And, oh, uh, yeah, Brian Grant. Oh, wow, there you go. Wow, yeah. man, that was too easy. Yeah. 
you get, you, you get, of course, of course, of course, Brian Grant, uh, you know, that, that was in the, that was, he was one of the guys in the first time the Kings busted out those black and purple jerseys. Right. They went from the blue, they went from the blue to the, to the, uh, the purple and black. I think he was actually involved in the Shaq trade to Miami too, actually, wasn't he? Is that right? He was involved in that. He, he was, uh, hold on one second. I'm going to close this. this yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. Uh, I didn't want, I didn't want the, the, all that noise coming in. So yeah. Um, uh, in terms of the Shaq and, and Miami trade, yeah, he was he was a part of the deal because he was he was on a large contract with Miami at that time. So yeah. they got Lamar. I think they got Lamar Odom, Karan Butler, uh, a first round pick, and uh, and uh, Brian Grant. Yeah, for Shaq. He was, yeah, he was a big, big, good rebounder, Brian Grant, like a big, tough, uh, almost like an old school guy like that. You know, big sort of bully on the boards. Yeah, All right. I, 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 yeah, Sorry, I believe, and I and I believe he's a. Uh, uh, I forget which disease he's battling, but he does a lot of, uh, of uh, fundraising for that and a lot of good community work in the Portland area as well. I know he's still involved with the team heavily. Right. Uh, okay, this next guy, um, when, when people talk about uh, a player who kind of surprised and made one all-star team for his entire career, this is a guy whose name comes up a lot. <laughs> um, I think he made it when he was on the Golden State Warriors, but he bounced around a lot of teams towards the end of his career. Uh, wow. Yeah, bit of a bit of a sort of swingman guy. You he, he, he rocked the headband actually too back in the day. Well, uh, I mean, if, if you're saying he's, I don't think he made it when he was on Golden State. But are you talking about Chris Gatling? I'm talking about Chris Gatling. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah Chris Gatling made it when he was on the Dallas Mavericks. Ah, there you go. Yeah. See, that's yeah. why I had to wonder for this, Nate. Those yeah, are the sorts yeah, of things yeah. you can add to it. I, yeah. I remember him, he started his career with the Warriors, but uh, obviously went to the Mavericks and yeah. made an All Star game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, that his all-star year was with the Mavericks, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll to, someone's gonna, I'm sure they'll check me and let me know. 1997, I'm pretty sure, was his uh, was the game that he made it anyway, so uh, yeah. wherever he was then. All yeah. right, this next guy, you, you definitely should get this one because he's a Laker, um, and he was... He was kind of the point guard for the uh, for the new Lakers after about 1990. I think he was drafted in 93. I think oh, he was... Nick, NVE, Nick Van Exel. No, not, 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 not Nick no? Van Exel, actually. Oh, Fidel Freeman. No, no, no. This, another lefty, another lefty like Nick Van Exel, but he went to Minnesota. I think he spent a lot of his oh. career with Minnesota. Okay, you said you said point guard, so I was so I so I assumed it was one of, it was one of those guys, but it's Anthony Peeler. Anthony Peeler, that is correct. Yeah, yeah. Shoot, shooting shooting guard. Uh, Schick used to refer to him as, as Mister Fourth Quarter. Yeah, uh, and it, he he had a nice bench role once Eddie Jones and Nick Van Exel were uh, established in the backcourt. Shaq always, you know, but you never can tell what Shaq is being honest about or not. But <laughs> he says, "Oh man, I had no idea that me taking a little bit extra money caused them to trade Anthony Peeler. I would have taken less if we could have kept AP." But <laughs> that was like the story. That was like the story of the first two seasons right. when he was in LA. Like oh, I wish I would have known they were they were going to get get rid of Anthony Peeler, but. Uh, he, was, he would have helped at time. He was a pretty solid player in the end, Anthony Peeler. I thought his career, like uh, you know, not, not I don't think he had an All Star game, but he was a pretty consistent, uh, pretty consistent player for for most of it. Oh yeah, From oh, yeah. he he was he wasn't ever uh, an All Star uh, level player, but um, but he was he was a so, he was a solid career guy. We're getting we're getting someone telling us here that it was as a maverick, by the way, Chris Gatling. So good call yeah. on that one. Yeah, yes, yeah. sir, yes, sir. Uh, we got the year right, but and we got the team right. Okay, this next guy was, um, I think he actually became a Lakers assistant, probably I don't know five five seven years ago, something like that. But this guy was a loudmouth, uh, sharpshooter, power or small forward, at mainly mainly for the Indiana Pacers, but then he bounced around a bit as well, went to the Minnesota Timberwolves, went to the San Antonio Spurs, and had an, an incredible playoff series in 1991 in the first round. Yeah, you're talking about his battle with Larry Bird for the oh, Pacers. Yeah. We're talking about the rifleman, Chuck Person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He, uh, yeah. That series, man, that's honestly one of my favorite series ever, that, that Celtics Pacers series. Yeah, Larry Bird hit that Larry Bird hit his uh his chin on the floor and and I, I feel like he got a concussion and just didn't admit it. That was back yeah. before the concussion protocol and he came stop he came roaring back and I think a lot of a lot of uh generation 
the millennial generation, that was their introduction to Larry Bird. You know, even yeah. if they missed out on his early stuff like him toward that was really his last great performance at the end of his career. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because uh, they got killed in the next round, I think, by the Pistons. But uh, that that sort of really bought into the um, legend of Larry, you know, going down injured, like you say, the concussion. Yeah. The team, I think the team was down when he came back in and then he just went on a tear. He scored all those points. And, uh, and there's that one where he's almost like falling out of bounds and he gets the N1. It almost goes over the corner of the backboard as well. You know, yeah. uh, just just incredible stuff. And even, even all things considered, I think it was uh, Reggie Miller, actually, who missed a three with like three seconds to go that could have won the game for them too because that's kind of the way the Pacers played that series, just firing away from downtown and they nearly pulled it off the upset uh, but ultimately came up short. But... Um, Man, yeah, I, I, I remember uh, Chuck, Chuck Person celebrate. He, him, and Kevin Willis were known for bobbing their head whenever yeah. they made big <laughs> shots. So, like, I definitely remember that. You know. Chuck, Chuck Person. I think it was after Game Three when he had the, uh, or maybe Game Two, he had the seven threes. He scored thirty nine points, and he said after the game, "I was the best player in the world, at least for a day." <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was. I mean, that, but that's half. That's half the battle in in the NBA in the past and today. It's that mentality. You know, if you have right. a mentality that I'm one of the best and no one can beat me and you put in the work and you've got that confidence based off of the work, everyone's yeah. going to have their, their shine. He was a, he was a, he had a really good career. Oh yeah. 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 He was fun to watch too. You know, like, yeah. Was trash. And I like this format, what you're doing, um, because you're, you're putting shine on people that like, they were good NBA players, Oh yeah, you know? But they, yeah. they just weren't all-star, all-NBA, Hall of Fame-level players. But yeah. at one point, they might have been one of the top 50 players in the world, you know, 50 yeah. to 100 players in the world. Well, you wonder how their careers would have been different if they were in the social media era too, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. like that's, that definitely helps promote some of the guys who probably wouldn't get that shine normally, mm -hmm. um, you know, but now they're playing in the right era. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, I've, this, is a, this guy, um, so he, he played most famously for the Clippers, I remember, but he bounced mm -hmm. around a little bit too. And he was one okay. of the only guys to wear the zero, or he was the double zero in this case. And, okay. uh, and uh, you can actually help me, because uh, his first name is like a French-sounding name. Yeah, it's, it's, Benoit, it's Benoit Benjamin. Right. He went, right. From the, he, went from the, he went from the Clippers to the Seattle Sonics to the Lakers. Uh, yeah. So did you ever call him Benoit Benjamin? Because there was a guy for the Jazz, remember, David Benoit. Yeah. Who, but, and, and so some, I know sometimes me and the guys, when we're talking, we're like, was his name Benoit or was it Benoit? And I, I always knew him as Benoit, but it's like, maybe it's not. Well, I, I had an advantage because he played in L.A. twice. So right. I got to hear, you know, we heard his name. He was mainly talked about somebody. <laughs> he was mainly talked about as a bus, sadly. So, <laughs> um, you know, he was, he, was, he was talked about negatively as someone that had all this talent but didn't really care. You know, right. the, the tip, the, the story you hear about big men that are, yeah. uh, you're seven feet tall. So you fall into basketball, but you don't really love it. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of have to play, especially for athletic, you know, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I know you've probably played pickup basketball against guys who are, who are really tall and they just, you know, the, the drive isn't there. The passion isn't there. So, um, you know, it's kind of like, you feel sorry for those guys, I think, you know, because, uh, People kind of always just must say to them, "Oh man, you should be playing in the NBA," and you're just like, "Yeah, it's not that easy." <laughs> yeah, those guys; those are the ones that usually have a ton of, of other interests, and basketball yeah. is just a, basketball is just a means to an end to make money. Not I really out of love. I know you like to play ball, but I mean, have you, when was the last time you played a game? When was the last time you played pickup? Honestly, man, I, I know we played pickup with each other. I think it was an All Star in New Orleans like a few I years think that's ago. It. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was so much fun. Um, you know, I, between the travel with work and then like, I had a couple of, of injuries, I kind of fell off and then I was starting to, you know, build my body up from scratch, getting back with shooting, played a couple pickup games and then COVID happened. Yeah. So I've kind of like just this, this has probably been my longest stretch of not really playing basketball ever. And yeah, I, I, miss, I miss it a ton, man. I miss yeah. it a ton. It's um, crazy. Cause out here in Atlanta, I mean, they on the outdoor courts, they've taken down the hoops as well. Like, yeah. the backboards are still around, but you can't, you know, so you can't even hoop anywhere, which is, um, which is sad. Yeah. But, I mean, you understand why, but, uh, man, it's, it's crazy just how much this has taken away basketball from just people having fun playing basketball, you know, not even competition, just, just going out and shooting around.
Yeah, I've been, I've really been um, considering having Spalding send me a court for the house, <laughs> for the backyard, just to shoot her. It's just coming to that point where and it, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a mental release too. Oh yeah. So, like, I I really like to go uh, play basketball and and talk trash with. I'm not. I'm really like for the most part really laid back, easy, and everything else in my life. I get on the court, I turn into a different person in terms of the way I act, the way I talk to people, everything else, and it's just a place to let loose. And some of my best friends and and friendships and stuff have derived from that. Um, and just I mean, even the game we're talking about, like I feel like there's an immediate connection with people oh, yeah. when you play. And everybody has fun and you, you kind of have that dynamic going on. There's nothing like it. Hey, we've got a question here in the chat here. Someone's asking, uh, uh, what type of player do you consider yourself? A facilitator, <laughs> pure scorer, or rebound monster? <laughs> at, this t- at this point, I mean, I think when I played with you guys, I was, I was probably like going to the basket a lot more and doing whatever. At this point, I tell, I tell people at pickup, like, I shoot threes, <laughs> I, make good pa- I make good passes, <laughs> And, and I, defend, I defend. That's really when I knew I got hurt. When I couldn't, I couldn't keep up defensively. Right. Like I just, I usually, I always like I want to take the best person and, um, you know, focus on that. And like if I don't score, I'm fine. But as long as I've, I've given them a tough time, like I'm happy with it. And and the, that last, that last run, I was like, okay, something's really, something really, really is going on. But yeah. yeah, when 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 you're playing and like a 20 year old kid just comes out and crosses you up and leaves you in his dirt, it's kind of like, oh man, you know, like I used to be that guy, but then all of a sudden, pretty quickly, you're like, all right, I'm now the old guy on the court. <laughs> yeah, you know what though, the thing about pickup is, like, there's a lot of basic stuff that just from playing organized basketball that you pick up mm-hmm. that helps you a ton. Even if you're playing against a talented guy, that's unless you're injured. You yeah. just have you just have angles and things that you do and know understand. Like whenever I play guys in the play guys in the post, for instance, there's a lot of players that can't make an entry post entry yeah. pass. Oh yeah, and the guys aren't going to fight around you. So I front I front in the post all the time. Yeah. Like, and the guy can be taller than me, and they still the ball goes out of bounds or whatever else. Just little stuff like that that you pick up on from playing over the years. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. You, you get become a crafty vet. You become a crafty vet. <laughs> I got, I got, I got my guy Alan from over here, and he he got a little old man buckets from me when we were in China. When we were in China on right. one of the Dame tours, I see he's commenting saying, "I got Paul Pierce game." Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, he he he's he's like 10, 15 years younger than me, and he he challenged me, and he had I had to give him a little work. So I'm glad you're in here admitting that, man. Yeah, Paul Pierce is a funny one because I because I don't. I didn't like him as a player, but I respected how his game evolved. Um, great footwork, you know, his ability to hit game winners. He never, he never shied away from the moment, um, and he killed the Raptors a couple of times. But uh, I just didn't like him, you know. You just, you know, there's some players you just don't like, but you can respect a guy without liking him. So uh, that's where he yeah, was. Yeah, I, 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 I love, I loved uh, Paul Pierce as a player. I thought he was a big game player. I think that he. Uh, Fundamental, fundamentally, he just showed you that. I mean, they call it the Paul Pierce series when he's at that box. He's in, he's at the free throw line extended. Oh yeah, and he's just jab step pull up. You know, like everything is out of that that triple threat jab step, and he's got a million different moves to kill you. And you're like, he doesn't even look that fast. But yeah, he just has a mastery of all the all all the fundamentals. Um, but I wish he would just stop being a hater in media. <laughs> I know, I know, I know that we're. <laughs> I know that we're in the uh, I know that we're in the age of of the troll and and you know he's probably takes. he's got to take his his side and everything but man yeah. it's like you can tell he's he's mad that that LeBron and those guys came uh, together and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. took away his it took away his his potential to to win another championship yeah because um, they probably would have made the finals again if Bron and those guys didn't get together um, yeah and and then. It, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> anything that is Miami Heat, LeBron James related, he's he's, he's feeling a sort of way about it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. We'll be back with more of Pop and Packs with Nate Jones right after this. All right, okay. This next guy. Um, so we, you know, when you think of um, trios in the early '90s, everyone sort of first thinks of Run TMC, but this other team had a trio. But it was it sort of more started around the mid '90s. Although this guy, I believe was probably the most hyped up and probably the most talented uh, when, he, when he was there. I think he was there first, too. 
but he didn't really stay. You're in talking the, about the you're talking about the Dallas Mavericks. I yes, know that. yes. So which yes, which yeah. one which one of the three J's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. I, so I said I think he was the most. He was talented. the first. Yeah, he was, was he the, the first. first or the most talented. Well, I think he was. I think he was there first because um, he was drafted in '92, I believe. Okay, so the the the, fir- the first out of the three J's was Jimmy Jackson. That's the one. That's okay. the set, one. Set. I I disagree with you that he was the most talented though. What was he the most hyped up though? Do you think? Oh no, no way! Jason Kidd was way hyped oh, up. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. Yeah. J- J- Jason Kidd was in college was the man. So yeah. Uh, it, but and I think I think he was the third most talented. Even though I re- I respect his game. Um, I think if he would have got on a good team and been like fourth, fifth guy, he would have been well, way more well known throughout his career. Um, by the time he got to the Lakers, I think he was a little washed up at that yeah. point. Um, but yeah, no, Jimmy Jackson, Jimmy Jackson, Jamal Mashburn, and Jason Kidd. Um, I have it on good. I have it on good uh, sources that the the rumor of them fighting with each other <laughs> over Tony Braxton is one hundred percent false. Ah, oh, don't tell know, us that, night. Don't tell know. me that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's a good story. It's a good urban rumor. No, yeah. urban le- urban legend. Excuse me. I mean, it's one of those uh, what could have been, though, really. Um, yeah. Because obviously, you know, kids in well, he's in the Hall of Fame already. I think he is. Um, uh, Jamal. Yeah, kid is. Kids in the Hall of Fame. The other two will, won't make the Hall no, of Fame. No, but, but I, they, I, uh, I mean, Jamal Mashburn was was awesome as well. Um, but yeah, just one of those things that just didn't quite work out for those guys. But uh, I remember the hype around them anyway. Like the three Js, they're gonna they're gonna sort of run the nineties. Um, maybe they could, they could have they could have they could have they they they. I think that they were a little early because it's it's difficult to win in that era, especially as it was about the bigs at that point. Right. You know, George. Jordan stood out, but at the end yeah. of the day, you had out, outside of the Bulls. I mean, the Bulls had Horace Grant, and then they had three-headed monster at one point. They had Rodman rebounding and, and being an enforcer and playing bigger than he actually was. Uh, but outside of them, everything was about bigs. If you didn't have right. a center, if you didn't have a center or a, uh, a power forward that was basically a center, you weren't going to win. You see the teams yeah. like the Pacers, you either are the Knicks and you had Patrick Ewing or you were Spurs and you had David Robinson or, you know, uh, the, the Rockets Alonzo with Olajuwon, yeah. Alonzo, yeah. or you were, or you were like the Pacers that had, uh, they had Derek McKee who was a 6'10", uh, 6'10", 6'11", small forward who, who definitely would have played power forward and maybe some yeah. center today. They had uh, Rick Smiths, you know, they had, they had both Antonio and, and Dale Davis. So they were, yeah. they, they just had basically four seven footers, you know, which is, <laughs> yeah. which is wild, you know? I, yeah. I still remember that 2000 finals, the Lakers and the Pacers and Dale Davis, you know, like his, his shoulders and his traps, which are so big. And he basically, I mean, he basically jumped all over Shaq as often as yeah. he could, but you know, that uh, Shaq was in his physical prime then and just guys just bounced off him. And uh, you know, it, it's incredible when you look at those teams, how many big guys, they threw at Shaq, but it just, it just didn't matter in the end, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good, good, solid, tough guys, just playing in the wrong era in that sense, you know. One hundred percent. You know, but but that's that's the way it goes if if, if you play at those times. And uh, you know, like when you think about Shaq, just the beating that he took, and and again, just uh, completely dominated those guys inside. That that series against Indiana is uh, is a crazy series. It was a fun series too. Yeah, it was competitive. It was competitive. Yeah. It was it for sure was a competitive. You had some Glenn Rice drama in the middle of the series. Him complaining about not getting touches. Yeah. I think it, I think his wife I think his wife at the time became a news story because she was complaining publicly about it as well. Um, Cuz he he got traded after that season, I think, didn't he? Yeah, he got tra- he, he he was a part of he was a part of the infamous Patrick Ewing uh Horace Grant uh trade that i think it was a three-way deal so you had you had uh patrick ewing go to seattle right yeah horace grant go from uh seattle to the lakers and you had (laughs) you had um 
excuse me, you had uh, Glenn Rice go to the go to the Knicks. Yeah, um, but Glenn Rice was the third leading scorer on that Lakers team too, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah, he was. And the, the funny thing is, the Lakers had an opportunity. I, th- I think I think if Phil Jackson had remained the coach, they never would have. Uh, excuse me, not remained the tr- coach, but had been a coach a year earlier. Right. They never would have traded Eddie Jones. Right. Um, but you know they couldn't figure it out at that time. But he would. They you know they wouldn't have needed a traditional point guard under his system. Yeah. They would have run. They would have had Kobe and and uh, Eddie Jones as their starting backcourt, um, which would have been crazy. And then they would yeah. have filled in at the at the small forward spot. Um, and they could have played defense in the style that he, he liked to play. Rice wasn't a Phil Jackson player to me because he he wasn't going to be able to play the versatile defense. He wasn't really known as a defender. No, he no. Was, he's, he's a score post guy. Um, and they, they made that trade because Shaq was always wanting someone to play off of him and hit three-pointers off, yeah. off of the double team. And Rice at that point was incredible. I think they got oh, him yeah. right. Right when he was re- right when he is in his prime, um, and then after that they decided to move on. Yeah. Jerry Bus Jerry Bus didn't want didn't want to acquire didn't want to keep contracts on for a long time. I think they had a chance to get Scottie Pippen too, and Phil Jackson was pa- pa- uh, excuse me was passionate about having that happen, and Jerry Bus passed on it too. Yeah. Just because of the financial aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that's right. He just signed that big deal after the. Uh after the 98 championship i guess so yeah know. he 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 went to the he went to the rockets yeah it didn't work out with them nah. so he was ready to get traded and the blazers got him instead of the lakers i was really upset about yeah, that, yeah. yeah 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 okay well funny uh this next guy because um you just talked about him i think he started his career wearing number 25 but then he went to number six eddie jones he, he was kind of kobe before kobe really i mean in terms of the highlight reels and the uh you know the athleticism and the you know like a star for the lakers but uh yeah, ultimately, him and Kobe kind yeah. of overlapped a little bit too. Yeah, I would, I would say, number one, I think he was Kobe's best friend on the team to start. Like, right. I remember an Inside Stuff uh, episode with Ahmad and those guys hanging out um, and, and them going through their routines and all that stuff. Uh, and then number two, I think that people outside of Los Angeles don't realize how popular he was. Yeah. He was more popular than Kobe when, he, when Kobe first came to the Lakers. So they chanted the guy's name throughout the game. It was a, you know, the, the Eddie chance was a thing. Every time he made a, it made a big play. He, he was, he was really loved here. Um, he came up short a couple times in the playoffs and they ended up, they ended up moving him with Eldon Campbell for, for uh, Glenn Rice. But man, I could, I, I always wonder what that Laker team would, have been like if they could have kept Eddie, especially because Phil's philosophy was different. If they could have kept Eddie Jones and and uh, Kobe together, he was really popular everywhere he played. From what I remember, you know, Miami they loved him down there. Mm. Charlotte they loved him. Even Memphis at the end of his career, they kind of loved him there too. So uh, you know, from what you're saying, just you know, one of those fan favorites everywhere he went. Yeah, he he made. I mean, highlight plays, and then he made effort on defense. Like yeah. uh, fans really love guys that that go balls out on defense and he was one of those guys. So you're, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna have love when you have hustle plays, you know, I don't, I I don't know if it's the NBA official account, but on YouTube, there is a, uh, like a five minute compilation of Eddie Jones. Um, maybe it's house of highlights, someone like that. Yeah. And it is one of the best compilations, you know, because of the athleticism and the dunks and he dunks over, uh, Sean Bradley, I think he is at one point. I I (laughs) still remember that. I still remember watching that game live and shit. Yeah losing his mind him and two yeah. lance they just they they loved eddie and they they were going crazy and then shaq's first year he did the same thing in milwaukee i think he took like he took off almost from the free throw line and yeah. dunked on someone and shit like i was we, we almost lost shit there like he was so excited about it but um yeah that that that's that he was definitely a, a staple that we all loved in la all right, this next guy is another guy who I think uh, only made one all-star game, and I think it was actually probably 97 as well. He was a point guard out of Cleveland. Um, mm. Injuries kind of ended his career, though, a bit early. Good player. Um, yeah, actually, his numbers weren't as big as I remember, but, uh, yeah, another just a one-time all-star. Uh, oh, I mean, if, if you're talking about he was a good player, point guard, played for Cleveland, he probably played for Minnesota, he probably played for, I forget what the other, Milwaukee. 
I so think that's right. Yeah. Terrell, and he's from Portland, Terrell Brandon. Oh, there you go. Terrell Brandon. Yeah. 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 I believe he still has a, a uh, popular barbershop in Portland. Oh, is so that maybe, right? Maybe, uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, good, good player. Very athletic, very quick, but uh, injuries kind of ended up pretty quickly for him, I think, really. I mean, certainly from being a star player anyway, you know, mm -hmm. it happens to a lot of guys, but um, yeah, he was pretty electric in his early days. Yeah, that's that's the sad thing about. I mean, and we'll probably be saying the same thing about our our generation or the, the current generation in the future. But um, the sad thing about guys that played in the '90s, I think, if we had some of the the technology and philosophy right. around body maintenance and uh, health and wellness and sleep and everything else that they try to do with these guys yeah. um, now, they would have lasted a lot longer. Um, but you know, yeah. it's, it's what it is. That's right. Um, okay. This next guy. Now this guy's famous because he never made an all-star game, but he's one of those guys that people first talk about who should have made an all-star game. I think he led the league in, in assists one year, mm -hmm. uh, started his career in, um, where did he start his career? New York. And then he went to, uh, San Antonio. He, he's mm -hmm. playing for the Blazers here in 95, 96. Um, he played for the Washington Bullets as well. Yeah, of course. It's this. This is a very easy one. As former Kentucky assistant coach uh, Rod Strickland, there make you him go. make him jump like Rod Strickland. Yeah, Kyrie Irving's go. godfather, isn't he? I think. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, when you watch that's 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 funny that you bring that up though too, because I I've, I've made that point a few times. When you watch Kyrie and the way he is around the basket, it's a lot like Rod. Yeah. Um, I don't think Rod had the the handles and uh, moves with the off the bounce that uh, the Kyrie has today, but all those moves around the basket, all those creative layups that he has, left hand, right hand, totally remind me of Rod Strickland. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I didn't really notice that until someone you know someone brought it up, and then you look back at old Rod Strickland highlights, and yeah, you see those kisses off the glass that Kyrie does, and. I'm sure he watched him and and and, uh, and tried to mimic him as well. I don't know if you remember this. Um, one of the first times Rod Strickland was really brought into the spotlight was the 1990 Western Conference Finals. I think it was Game Seven, and yeah. he does the pass over the back of his head, looking for Sean Elliott. I think it is, and uh, and they miss it, and basically the Blazers go on to win the uh, go go to the finals from there. And Rod Rod's kind of given that you know been was called like the. Uh, the scapegoat almost because he made this crazy pass and it didn't come off and his team lost. But you know, yeah, so the so, so that year, so you're talking ninety two. I think it was nineteen ninety. I think wasn't it the first? No, nine, nine, no, no. I'm, I'm just, I was trying to think of the two years the Blazers made the final. So yeah. you're talking about ninety and ninety two. So yeah. so yeah, so they probably. I think that the Blazers played the Suns in the conference final. So that was probably the second round. Right. Ah. Uh, because he got Matt, uh, Matt Johnson and the Lakers got their – they had the best record yeah. in the league. They got their ass kicked by the by KJ. They couldn't handle the pick and roll second yeah. round. And then – and then uh, what's my guy? Uh, KJ and those guys, they thought the Suns were going to go to the finals and they beat the Bla – and the Blazers uh, yeah. beat them. Yeah, yeah, so I'm assuming that that was the second round. I don't remember yeah. off the top of my head like that. So Yeah, you might, yeah. You might be right actually there, yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, that, that was a crazy series for the Lakers because they had such a good season. That season. They got swept. But uh, they won. They, I think they won game two of that series against the Suns, I think. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it went to five games because they got killed in game one and then they killed them in game two. But then. Um, yeah, then, they, yeah definitely, they, they definitely got beat. It was, it was, they, were, they had the best record in the league. Yeah. And that's what's always funny to me, though, too, is like people talk about uh, like the Lakers, like they just fell off when yeah. Kareem retired. And I, I'm of the belief that if nothing happens to Magic, that they'll they'll continue on being in the mix for the. I don't think anyone was beating the Bulls, but they at least would have been in the mix for the the title runs for years to come. I, and I to totally believe that um, Charles Barkley would have ended up on the Lakers if Magic didn't retire. Yeah, well, didn't Charles say that he thought he was traded there? He was kind of telling he, people like he, I'm going to the Lakers. He did after Magic retired, and then it kind of fell through. But I think the Lakers yeah. would have been more willing to throw in a lot more to pair right. those two together. And you, you, now, you, now you're talking. I mean, this is you know obviously it's it's major hypothetical, but now you're talking 
uh, Magic and, and Bar- Sir Charles maybe having one or two finals against yeah. uh, <laughs> against Michael Jordan yeah. and Scottie Pippen. I, I mean, I think those would have been classics. Or even the conference finals with the Blazers, it, you know, if it, if it would have came back the next year, we got Blazers and and uh, Blazers and Lakers for a rematch. Uh, you know, there's a, there was a ton of things. It's also interesting, before the Barkley trade, I remember after the Suns beat, they beat the Lakers – in 1990 and i got a back when sporting news was a thing yeah yeah. i got i got a sporting news preview right as a kid and they had the suns as the team of the 90s oh yeah they were predicting the suns before they had barkley like they were just like tom chambers kj xavier mcdade like all these guys they had back then that they were they were going to be the team of the 90s and uh, hornacek i forgot about hornacek was on that team marley all those guys they were going to be the team of the 90s. And then the next year, uh, the Lakers get to the finals and beat the Blazers. And then the next year, uh, the Blazers get to the finals. So until the Barkley trade, they were kind of underachieving in that regard. Well, and they almost blew it completely in 93, too. I mean, they made the finals, but they were down 2 0 at yeah. home to the Lakers, the one versus eight seed. And uh, that, would oh, yeah. been, that would have just been one of the biggest upsets of all time if that had happened because <laughs> I think James Worthy now you probably know this better than me but was James Worthy coming off the bench at that point yeah he was he was coming off the bench at that point because yeah. they had they had um let's see for 93 the Dale three and, yeah uh, but but uh trying to think it AC definitely started I don't remember if we're – I'm pretty sure Worthy came off the bench in that series. Yeah, but I, I they, think they, – They, they – tra- and it's – Worthy had one of the fastest drop-offs ever. Like, he was he was an all-star in 92 the first year that Magic missed. And then 93, it was like he had his bench roll or, you know, part-time starter, part-time bench roll. And then 94 – excuse me, uh, yeah, 94, he barely played. Yeah. And then he came back for the 95 uh, – training camp and was like i can't go yeah i'm done and and it's like that was his 13th year yeah that's what i talk about with with players uh you know with the medical staff and travel and everything else versus now like a guy like him plays 20 years yeah well i bet i think i guess one thing with that though is i guess he played finals uh a lot yeah like seven times in those 13 seasons you know and then other times he made the conference finals um You know, so 13 seasons doesn't sound all that many, but he probably ended up playing the equivalent of, of 16 or 17, um, you know, with just all those playoff games as well. Which, so. which is incredible about when you think about Magic and him taking five years off between the HIV yeah. uh, diagnosis and and uh, coming back in 96 and still being like at 36 years old after yeah. missing five years and still being good. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't one of the best players in the league, but he was he was still really good. Like yeah. at that point, you would just think like, "There's no way." Yeah. Um, and and Kareem as well. You know, like Kareem played 20 years, and how many finals did he go? And you know, Magic went to nine and 12 years. I think yeah. Kareem ended up with eight over that over yeah. that period. It was basically like eight and 10 years. So that's that's a that's a lot that's a lot of basketball, man. Uh, someone here is telling us that that Lakers starting lineup, I'm guessing it's from 93, was uh, Nick Van Exel. Uh, Lotte. Lotte. Lynch. Okay, got you, got you, yeah, got you. And got then you, uh, Doug Christie, Anthony Peeler. Yeah, so uh, – and that was Randy Fund, I think, was the coach too at the time. The, uh, cause yeah, Rand, Rand, Randy, Randy Fund was the, the 93 coach. Yeah. Um, and, then he, and then he lasted another half season and Magic Johnson took over. And then – Yeah. Uh, yeah, so – but yeah, um, but Nick, Nick wasn't on that ninety. Not, uh, Wells, Nick wasn't on that ninety two, ninety three team, man. You, you're thinking of you're thinking of ninety three, ninety four. Yeah, because Nick, Nick was drafted. Yeah, Sedell was the start. Sedell was the starter. It was just a yeah. matter of of if uh, and Lynch was a first round pick in ninety three, ninety four. Excuse yeah. me for ninety for ninety three. Um, but Christy and Peeler were on the team for sure. They yeah. were on the bench. They kept. I remember that series. They kept fist pounding each other yeah, on yeah. the sideline. Ah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, uh, oh, man, that was that was crazy. And because Paul Westfall, of course, is the one who says uh, we're going to win the series. You know, I mean, of course he's going to say that. Like he's not going to say we're going to lose it. But then they do come back. First team ever to come back after losing first two at home. 
anyway, in a, in a best of five series. Yeah, and then the next season, the the, uh, the Sonics had the yeah. same thing happen to them. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you might see a little bit more of that if we had – basically, with a seven-game series, you feel like the best team always wins unless there's some yeah. major injury or whatever. With a five-game series, there's that chance that, uh, yeah. you know, an upset can happen. And we, we saw a lot of that in – in uh, that time period. I had George Carl on this, you know, saying, you know, two months ago or something like that and talked to him about it. And uh, he's, he's got a sense of humour about it now. But uh, I think they won 64 games that season. Um, and he's like, man, Dikembe was too good. He said Robert Pack, I think it was in game five, won that game for them too, coming off the bench, uh, which is something that he just, you know, likes just the guy. Yeah, the guy just has a hot game and, he, and he's playing well. It's like sometimes there's not much you can do about it. So, um you know, yeah, it's, uh... yeah. It's 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 interesting. It's a is a it's a, it definitely was a deep team, um, but it's another of those examples of the '90s where if you didn't have a center, yeah. you know, except for the Bulls, the Bulls were kind of the exception because they had MJ. But if you didn't have a center, <laughs> yeah. you weren't in play. You weren't in, you weren't really in play. Like yeah. the the Sonics ran into Dikembe and they had nobody that can combat him. Sean Kemp was you know a, a power yeah. forward, but he yeah. wasn't really. He wasn't really a rim protector, traditional rim protector, big. Yeah. that's going to get every single rebound, block every shot, all of that. That was so important in the 90s, and, and uh, Denver had that. They had a lot of size and a lot of versatility, and, yeah, man, that was a fun series to watch. I was mad, though, because I didn't enjoy, I didn't enjoy Utah versus Denver, um, and I didn't enjoy the, the Rockets versus Utah. Right. I, I would have I rather had Seattle – you know, get oh, through. Yeah. yeah. Beat you know, the Jazz versus the Sonics would have been an incredible series and, oh, yeah. and I'm pretty sure Hakeem would have destroyed the Rockets, but still I mean excuse me, destroyed the yeah. Sonics, but yeah. still would have been good to, to yeah. see that series. We'll be back with more of Pop and Packs with Nate Jones right after this. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors Row or ride at home or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. All right, this next one. Now, this guy was a big college player, um, and he was actually so... One of the most famous upsets of all time happened in 1992, but it was a game that didn't really happen because mm -hmm. it happened out in Monaco. And this guy, okay. was the point, this guy was the point guard for the team that upset the Dream Team. The only time the Dream Team ever lost. And this guy was... Uh, well, hang on. Did it happen in Monaco? Where did it happen? Um, I can't remember. But anyway, it's famous because, there's the only, you know, the only time the Dream Team, the original Dream Team lost was the very first game I think they played against a bunch of college kids. And this guy was the point guard for that team. He was a big, a big college player out of Duke. He didn't really have a big, strong NBA career. Um, which wasn't yeah. a shock because he was. I, you know, I'm, a, I'm assuming it's. I'm assuming it's Bobby Hurley, but maybe. I'm, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Bob, Bobby Hurley. I think didn't he get in a, a car accident his rookie year or second year that kind of threw off his NBA career a little bit? Mm, not sure. Not sure. I'm, I, I, I'm pretty. I'm telling you, look it up. Look it yeah. up. I'm pretty sure that's what happened to him. Right. Yeah. He. Um, but yeah, that that uh, that that famous loss. You know, Bobby Hurley and Chris Webber, I think it was, who um, basically just gave it to the uh, Dream Team, whether or not it was Chuck Daly uh, throwing that game or not. But but he's kind of, you know, I mean, it, it's it's a badge of honor for him anyway, you know, to be uh, to be on that team. Yeah, yeah, it's 
that that's part of the that's part of the lore of the team. I think they getting those getting that the competitive uh, juices going, you know, getting that fire going, and and uh, they did a great job. I think Chuck Daly did a great job with that. Dream Team was awesome. Oh yeah. Um, I wish that it would have happened a little bit earlier, so we could have seen um, Larry Bird at that point. Oh, um, yeah. You know, really be Larry Bird, but you know. It still was. It still was fun to see. I think seeing that Michael have to fight Magic for the the best player in the world crown. I think yeah. that was as well worth it. A lot of people don't realize how good Magic Johnson was yeah. Yeah. because he was he was. I mean, he played one year under NBA on NBC, but so we really missed this. He missed that. He was the reason basketball exploded. Yeah, and got to the point that MJ could take it to the next stratosphere. Right, like, um, but we don't really people don't hear how good he actually was you know yeah. they think about him as oh yeah he was an assist guy you know the guys hit so many big game shots oh, yeah. big game game winners he could do everything yeah um, but it's just it's just not really talked about so i try oh. to give every every opportunity that i have yeah to highlight him uh, is he your favorite, you player? Favorite, favorite player favorite, favorite player ever the reason yeah. i love basketball i've never yeah. i always i think steph is not in terms of my favorite player, but in terms of that, the joy that he plays with, the, yeah. that feeling, that electricity. Like Michael was great, but he was a he just was a killer, you know. <laughs> the, 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 ad, the ad industry did a good job building that Michael Jordan persona. Yeah. But Magic actually had that, like, he was killing you and smiling and, and, and hooking everybody else up on the team to kill you, you know. Oh, like, yeah. he didn't have to score, he didn't have to score 20 in order to, to, um, uh to do that so yeah. i mean if you were to if you were to make a movie about the showtime lakers you know you would you would um cast the character like magic johnson he's got the name he's got the pizzazz he's got the you know the highlights he was built for for the los angeles lakers oh man he, he 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 was the perfect ambassador for the league i honestly I, like i said i wish we would have got a few more years of him with under nba on nbc and dick ebersaw and everything yeah. else in terms of that so yeah all right, last one here, Nate. You've done pretty well. You should be able to get this one too because this guy was a big uh, hyped-up draft pick out of Syracuse and he kind of was the one who... Um, I, the, the I, I, have a fe I have a feeling, before you even get to it, if he's hyped <laughs> up, you're talking, about, you're talking about Derek Coleman? Or no? Oh, no, not Derek Coleman. Oh, not Derek oh, Coleman. Okay. This guy... This guy was, uh, he was, he basically, the reason the run TMC guy split up, the uh, Don Nelson wanted a bigger guy out there than Mitch Richmond. Oh, you're talking about Billy Owens. Yeah, big Billy Owens, yeah. Billy Owens, yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. Billy Owens was <laughs> – he, he was a better player than this, but he almost was like – and, it, it, of course, it involves Nelly again, but he almost was like the Anthony Randolph of his time in terms right. of the way that, that Nelly was thinking about him, right? Like, yeah. Like he, he just was that guy that, like, could be the point forward – Benelli loved those guys. Oh loved yeah, those guys. I mean, and he had the same issue in uh, New York because he fell in love with Anthony Davis. Excuse me, Anthony Mason. Yeah, and um, and Nelly, Nelly tried to put the ball in Anthony Mason's hands, and <laughs> Ewing was still there, and that wasn't yeah. gonna work. So that's how he ended up with with Jeff Van Gundy as the uh, as the coach. Sorry, I have a little puppy here that's uh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> trying trying to take over. <laughs> um. Yeah, She's well, making her live stream debut. Yeah, uh, what's her name? Her, her name is Cashew, aka Cash. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's the color of a cashew for sure. Yeah, yeah. My hey. other dog, my other dog is named Peanut, so we had to uh, keep it, keep it, keep it, in, keep it in that family. Hey, pretty good pack you had there, Nate. We had Billy, Bobby, Harley, oh. Strickland, Terrell Brandon, Eddie Jones, Jim Jackson, Benoit Benjamin, Chuck Person, Peeler. Chris Gatling and uh, and Brian Grant. So uh, trip down memory lane for you, anyway, for these guys. Oh yeah, man. I love as you know. I love basketball. I wish that we could. I mean, well, we got to get this show bought on on uh, you know a bigger like platform outside of outside of IG Live. I'll come on there and I'll challenge. When it comes to ninety stuff, <laughs> stump Nate Jones. Yeah, like, that's what I was gonna say. What's that? Uh, yeah, stump, like, stump the uh, the, the Schwab. Stump yeah. the Schwab. Yeah, you yeah. stump me. I mean. I, other other sports, I'm not going to be able to know. But if it comes to '90s basketball, you know, I know I, I'm gonna. I, have to, I, I know every. I know everybody. I'm gonna have to get you and Ariel Hawani on and uh, and have some sort of a trivia show Ooh, because let's do that. Ariel, uh, when I did this with Ariel back in uh, again a couple of months ago, 
he, he had so much fun. He's like, give me another pack. Give me another pack. Yeah. So we opened two packs. <laughs> and uh, he's a big oh. Knicks fan. And, uh, oh, man, he's, he knew, like, some crazy stuff. I, I mean, I know he's a, a basketball guy, but that's his sort of secondary uh, career there, but he he knows so much about the league. So you and him would have a great battle. We'll try to we'll try to figure something out and try to get that. I'm about, to, I'm, I'm about to hit him up and see if he wants to start a basketball podcast. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm with he, it. Oh man, he would uh, he would be into <laughs> that for sure. But uh, um, yeah, man, I I would do the same in terms of opening another pack if I didn't have a two o'clock call. So uh, no worries, <laughs> two, two p.m. West Coast call, but. I'll, I appreciate uh, you, my man. Hey, yeah, thanks for coming on, Nate. This is a whole lot of fun, and uh, and, and I'll, I'll get you on again at some point. And uh, it was great talking to you. And uh, likewise, so guess, my man. You think the Lakers wrap it up tomorrow, or uh, where? Are, yeah, tomorrow night. Uh, I think the odds are in favor of that, but uh, you know, Jimmy Butler is uh, you know a different a different beast. He's not going to just go out easily, but you know, the combination of of LeBron and Anthony Davis is so so tough lebron is still incredible at his at his age and experience it really surprising honestly um i thought he'd, he'd be falling off a little bit by this point um it'll be interesting to see if we ever see a real drop off from him <laughs> is he gonna play is he gonna play 20 years with no drop off that's oh, just like yeah. absolutely insane right yeah. like to oh, think no. about no. and then anthony davis who we knew was an incredible player and now he's got uh the best playmaker in the league setting him up like that's that's incredible and then anthony davis on the other end has woke lebron up uh on defense you know like he made lebron between i think anthony davis and their head coach's approach to play to playing defense it's trickled down to everyone including lebron and they're all locked in defensively even if they don't even if they don't um uh, play well offensively. They always have a shot to win just because yeah. they're committed to defense from yeah, exactly. from the yeah. jump, and yeah. it's 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 nice to see. Uh, Miami probably just needs an, they they need another player. It's, yeah. they're they're a player away, but they, I think they have a lot of flexibility to be able to to really build. So I think the East the East is the East is going to be a beast for a while. I think the I think the NBA is is um, in good hands. Oh, know? yeah. So. I agree. I think there's, uh, again, the Celtics are another good team. Uh, you know, the Nuggets surprised. I mean, there's, 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 some, there's some teams that just need one or two little tweaks here and there, a little bit of luck, and uh, could be them in the finals, you know? So. Yep. All right, Nate. Well, thanks again for your time, man. Thanks, my man. Have a good one. <laughs>